Welcome to the Chase Sagum Podcast. It's me, Chase Sagum. We're talking about two really interesting news stories today. One is about Netflix and how they're changing the way users can pay, specifically those of you who are Apple users. Really interesting stuff. And the other one is a story about Facebook's new user rating system in their attempt to try to fight fake news. So a couple things and how they impact digital marketers and what they mean all coming up in just a bit. But first, the intro. One of the things we like to do from time to time on the podcast is cover some news stories and try to cover news stories that are very specific to what all of you are dealing with, which is digital marketing and how to use it to take advantage of it grow your business. There's a lot of news and it's hard to filter what's important, what's not. And so I try to each week, you know, break down a couple stories that have some relevance into and give you some insight into digital marketing and, and not get overly technical, but at least get into some of the bigger stories. And so today we've got a couple that I think are worth noting and, and I want to get into those. The first one is in regards to Netflix. If you listened a couple weeks back, we did an episode about uh, the game Fortnite, and how Fortnite was beginning to do something somewhat revolutionary in terms of how businesses interact with uh, app businesses, that is, and how they interact with the platforms that they're forced to interact with. Fortnite announced some really interesting news a couple weeks ago that they would launch their Android application version of their game on the Android and not make it available on the Google Play Store thereby forcing users to go kind of around the traditional way of installing the app on Android devices. But in, in, a, in a good attempt on their part, avoid the 30% fees that Google Play takes from transactions that occur uh, in that environment. Makes total sense to avoid the 30% charge if you're Fortnite and obviously it makes sense if you're all of us from a business perspective. No one wants to give 30% of their margin away, but it's almost impossible to do unless you have a brand. And so we talked a lot about in that episode, if you if you dig it up in the archives, you can see, and, and there's some good points in there about how important it is to build a brand and how to build a brand and how that affects all of us because we all have our platform that we're, we're addicted to if we are... If we have an app, we're addicted to the platforms like Android, uh, you know, Google and and uh, Apple to distribute our our content or our technologies. If we sell on Amazon, we're most likely addicted to Amazon's platform and and therefore are having to comply. And it's it, it's this thing spreads across a whole bunch of platforms. And I think you know you look at fashion people and health people fitness people, they're completely tied to Instagram. And what happens when Instagram starts changing algorithms and how does that affect your business? It's not good enough to just put your hands in the air and say, well, there's nothing I can do. You've got to diversify. You've got to build strategies that build your brand and and extend you beyond the platforms that you're committed to here. We talked about how Fortnite was doing something pretty interesting and revolutionary because a lot of other companies have been afraid to do to make this move, to essentially say, 
give the middle finger to the platform and say, we're going to bypass your 30%. We believe enough in our brand to get people to to uh, download this app in another in a different way and um, and and to to basically interact with our brand in a different way. Now, what's interesting about you know platforms like Fortnite is it, it's a game, it's it's a really big game, but it's not necessarily as ubiquitous as something like Netflix. Netflix announces uh, the news comes out today. Actually, it's yesterday, as of the time of you hearing this. Uh, reading a story from BGR.com, Netflix is about to make a big change to the way you pay for streaming. Netflix may make a soon uh, significant change to how it charges for its subscriptions, although it shouldn't really impact users. Well, it might make paying for Netflix a bit more difficult than it should be, but the prices won't change. What Netflix wants to do is ditch Apple from the payment scheme to avoid paying the 30% it gets when users subscribe to Netflix via the iPhone or iPad. So it goes on. It references a story from Net, uh, from TechCrunch. And it talks about how the technicalities of how they would essentially have users set up their payment outside of the app uh, so that they could then bypass the, the app transaction system entirely. Really interesting. And what's interesting about this is Fortnite's done it, and in a matter of just a couple of weeks now, Netflix is making the move on the Apple side of things. This is a trend that's going to continue to happen, and Apple and Google are either going to have to lower their rates or miss out on a ton of transactions, or, and this is a really strong third option with with some of these bigger uh, services like Netflix, fight to create their own. And you're seeing some of this with, obviously with Google and Apple. Apple's got their iTunes library that they've had forever. It's going to be really interesting to see how many more. The first domino was Fortnite. Netflix is a huge domino. Expect to see a lot more groups figure out how to bypass the transaction fees that occur from Apple and Google on these Android and and i. OS devices. If this trend continues, it's good news for all of us, small business people, medium business people, medium-sized business people, because we may not have the brand ability to, to eliminate ourselves from these tools, but this could create a market effect where the transaction fees come down, maybe from 30 to 20%, 20% down to 10%, and it could create more competition, and this could be good for all of us. I'll tell you, there are entire companies that are dependent on the iOS and Android device for their app. There are entire companies that are built around mobile apps, and they are immediately losing 30% of their margin because of these services. If they could maybe only lose 20 or 15, the economics have a pretty widespread approach. So as a reminder... Build your brand. You may not be able to disconnect yourself from the service that you're dependent on at this moment, but in time you can. You got to think to diversify. And again, think about the older, go back and listen to the older episode about Fortnite. Um, I think, again, we did it about two weeks ago, and it talks a lot about those points, and I think you'll find that pretty valuable. Switching gears to Facebook. 
Facebook, interesting story today. Continuing to try to fight the fake news front. Um, they have built a trust rating score for users, but you don't get to see the score as the user. But it's done behind the scenes, leveraging quote-unquote machine learning. Let me just read a snippet to you from the Sun's report, the sunco.uk, uh, on what Facebook told the reporter on how this how this user rating system works. So let me just break down some of the bullet points for you here. Facebook told the Sun that this is how the system works. Number one, Facebook works to fight fake news by using machine learning systems, blah, blah, blah. Number two, these automated systems predict articles that its human fact checkers should review. So it, it triggers warnings and then they've got their massive armies of fact checkers out in uh, the Philippines. They're not in the U.S., and they're reviewing, uh, you know, looking for certain flags as they're coming through. Number three, Facebook developed a process that protects against people, quote, indiscriminately flagging news as fake, attempting to game the system. One of the indicators, number four, one of the indicators used in this process is how people report articles as false. Number five, for instance, if someone previously gave Facebook feedback that an article was false, and then that article was confirmed false, by a fact checker, that person's future feedback would be weighted more positively. Number six, this is reflected in an, in an invisible score or rating, which changes depending on the quality of a person's ratings. Number seven, so if anyone or someone reports news as false regularly and that news is rated as true, that person's future reports will be rated lower than someone with a higher score. Number eight, Facebook says this is an effective way to fight misinformation. Facebook says that people often report something as false because they disagree with a story or are trying to target a particular publisher. Pretty interesting strategy. You're seeing that they're trying to leverage crowdsourcing, a collaborative approach, an open source approach to fighting fake news. You could, I guess in a political world, you could call it a democratic approach. Attempts to game this feedback or why Facebook can't rely on the reporting system as a totally accurate indicator. And finally, Facebook told The Sun that the rating is specific to its fake news team and that there's no unified score that is like a credit rating used everywhere else. It's pretty interesting. On the surface, just kind of reading this article, it actually sounds pretty cool. I think if you can leverage the knowledge of people as a whole, to fighting fake news, you stand a better chance than trying to use an algorithm. Uh, you also potentially and hopefully allow room for a more diverse set of opinions. What's very difficult about this is this all assumes that an article from a reputable news source like CNN, like Fox News, uh, like um, you know The Atlantic, New York Times, even as, even as reputable and high up as the New York Times, it assumes that the news story coming from these sources is already reputable at a domain level. And we're, what's, what's troubling about news today is the widespread, ubiquitous nature of the falseness that we're seeing and the slanted nature of news, which doesn't 
necessarily eliminate truth, but bends it and oftentimes breaks it. I don't know how you fix that because now that becomes opinion, right? When someone says that the president is racist, um, is that news or is that opinion? Well, the way it's been re- being reported today by this, by groups like CNN and MSNBC, it's a fact that Donald Trump is racist. Listen, you don't have to love Donald Trump and you don't have to agree with him, the president. There's a lot of things that I have my beefs with with President Trump. He's not a racist. And there's news stories that are actually saying he is. And how do you filter that? Right? That's opinion. That's opinion. And that's going to be difficult. I don't know that this algorithm is going to fix that. But I do think that the user rating system in general that Facebook is doing here is pretty cool. The fact that if somebody reports something as fake, but it turns out to be true, that they are devalued in their reporting, and that somebody reports something as fake, and it actually is in in fact fake, increases their score. You're still going to see gamification of this. And that's going to be interesting to see how they fight that. Obviously, it's saying here in the story that they're just going to use this as an indicator as part of their algorithm. So that will be very interesting. But again, what do you do about things, news stories at the domain level? This is, is this going to treat, I can only assume from this report that this is going to treat a a news story from Fox News the same way it would from, uh, you know, Alex Jones' site. Um, If that's the case, that's good. If you're going to treat news stories with a user rating system, a flagging system based on your user rating system, I would hope that they treat all sources the same. Obviously, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of scoring algorithm, and there already is, based on the domain. And I think there should be. But my fear here is, is that you just assume everything from CNN or everything from Fox News is good. And it's not, that's just not the case. A lot of news is highly, highly slanted. Not entirely a lie, but highly, highly slanted. What do you do about slanted information? You know, misinformation as opposed to disinformation. It's a very complicated situation. I think the way this affects brands, those of you who leverage the news to promote your brand, be careful. If you've got a Facebook page and you promote news of any kind, make sure you're promoting news that can be flagged positively and not negatively. You don't want to hurt your brand. You don't want to hurt your potential to lose your Facebook page. Things of that nature. Um, This is really interesting stuff. As we see time go on, Facebook's going to fight desperately to keep you in their ecosystem by hoping to build systems and technologies of trust. I applaud them for trying. But I do believe that the trust is lost. And that even before the trust was lost, young people weren't even using Facebook anyways. They're using Instagram and Snapchat and mostly Instagram and a little bit of Twitter. Um, They're already on the other Facebook property called Instagram. So regardless of these tools that they make, I think the most more insightful part of it 
will be how they adopt these same features and algorithms into Instagram because Facebook is dying. Now, it's far from dead. There's still billions of users, but Moore's Law, these things move quickly. And it, it, I think Instagram is really where they're, all of this is PR, in my opinion. And Instagram is really where they're reallocating their focus. If you're in a shareholder meeting, if, you know, talking to Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg, what, what do you think your recommendation is as a shareholder? Put your emphasis on Instagram. That's where the money is. That's the winning horse. So I think these tools are important because I think we should expect to see these on Instagram very, very soon. We're already seeing the Discover page on Instagram from young people being used as a place to capture news. I've been doing some test recent, tests recently where I'm getting news stories faster in sports news. Like I follow the NBA a lot. Uh, I follow a little bit of the NFL, but let's be honest, not as interesting in my opinion, I guess. But I follow the NBA quite quite diligently in terms of free agent signings and trades and who's doing what and um, you know what did LeBron say about this? What did Steph Curry say about that? And I get news stories faster on the Discovery page on on Instagram than I do from any other source on the internet. I get it better than Twitter. I get it better. It's easier to consume than Twitter. I'm sure Twitter's delivering it just as fast, but it's it, it's not as easy to consume as the Discovery page. I'm certainly getting it faster than apps like Bleacher Report and ESPN. And so news is already starting to play a very significant role in the lives of Instagram users via that Discover page. And stories is going to only amplify that. So these whole user system ratings, you know, rules and tools and algorithms, watch them play their, their way into Instagram. And another thing to, to point out too, these will have algorithm shifts for you. Um, if you have people, you know, if you're leveraging news stories in any way and you start having people flag your news as fake, and it's verified as fake by some arbitrary uh, reviewers in the Philippines that work for Facebook, that could mean bad news for your brand. So you better think twice about the news that you uh, publish. Make sure it's cited very well. Make sure you're citing several sources. You know, Put yourself in a position where you can go through a little bit of a, a jury, if you will, um, on, on what the content is that you're publishing. You don't want to be caught in a weird place where your brand is all of a sudden compromised on Instagram or on Facebook because you haven't done enough diligence on on sharing, looking at the background behind the story that you've shared. So a couple cool news stories to cover with you. We'll have more later in the week. Uh, I love this stuff with Netflix, you guys. This is so cool. The more people, these big brands, start working against uh, Apple's 30%, commission and Google's 30% commission, the more of you who are in the small business game, who are monetizing from from apps, um, are, are going to be able to, most likely those prices are going to come down and that's going to be good for everybody. That's all for the news this week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Chase Sagan podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud 
Also on SoundCloud, you can post uh, any questions or topics you want me to cover for future episodes. And stay tuned for the next one. Thanks.